It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. You can thank me later. Download the Alive Podcast app from your app store today. Welcome to This is Joy on the Alive Podcast Network. I'm your host, Naila Ansari, and I'm a scholar and researcher of joy. This week's episode, we have Travian Pollard, an artist, professor, poet, and scholar who guided me on my journey to joy. This deep conversation challenges us all to run towards our joy and testify to our true gifts. Welcome, Travian Pollard. All right. Welcome. This is Joy on the Alive Podcast Network. I am so excited because our guest today is someone that's very special to me. Not only is he my mentor, uh, he's also a friend and just an amazing human being, an artist, a professor. I have Travian Pollard here, who I, I don't even think those give you enough of like uh, titles are just always odd to me in describing people uh but he is a designer he makes the he makes the clothes he designs the clothes he is a professor amazing professor by the way a lecturer a, a dancer a choreographer an artist a teacher a gyrotonics trainer and, and teacher all of the things this is Travian Pollard he is currently at VCU as an assistant professor. And I would just like to welcome Trey to the This Is Joy podcast. Welcome, Trey. Oh my gosh, Naila. I am so happy to be here with you. I mean, anytime I get to spend time with you is always joyful to me, very much so. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. So some of our uh, listeners may know this, a little bit. They kind of know about the project of, you know, I travel around the country and I dif- interview different folks on joy and what is joy and kind of collect data and, and as a way of archiving, particularly Black joy. And it was specific to Black women, but I actually got started with the project because of Trey. And we both were at an institution. It was, we were, we were getting through, we were getting through and I was ready to quit many a times in graduate school so Trey is also the reason why I graduated, have an MFA. So thank you for that. Uh, but I just remember being so angry. We had a conversation and you were like, girl, you know, black rage, black women rage. We done already. We done. We done. We did that already. So like, what's what what is something else that you could do? And I just remember, you know, joy. And I just remember not really knowing anything about it. And then, we, you know, we had talked about the quilts and we talked about how you know, we've always kind of had these stories of Black folks, particularly Black women, and you were really the one to kind of champion me to go into asking my elders and like really bringing this whole project together. So I really owe the whole This Is Joy movement of joy to Trabian, honestly, mm-hmm. because I was uh, I was about to be doing something totally different <laughs> with my life. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was going to be more on anger and fear than it was on joy. <laughs> I mean, you know, the real interesting thing about it is, is that you never really know what you are passing on to people, because sometimes it's not really, I don't even know if I was really trying to talk to you other than I was maybe trying to talk to myself, you know, like I was going through it and I was like trying to be like, well, how do you get through And so, I mean, and I was really looking at a lot of like historical moments where people had to endure some really harsh times. And I was just like, okay, this is nothing, you know, like, (laughs) like us being in college, being able to go and, (laughs) and have education is nothing, you know. And so I think I was saying it to myself, but 
when you started to really dive in, it was actually you that inspired me to be like, oh, no, there is something in this. There is something of power in this idea of 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 possibilities of joy of of happiness and that's really what i was i was really trying to do in my own work is like even though i was looking through these struggles of you know and the oppression and and you know hatred i still was looking at life you know like people's people's enjoyment and people's happiness and you know and how that that's always there, you know, mm-hmm. through all of the struggles. And so I think your commitment to take on the challenge, you know, was inspiring to me. Um, and to not just take on the challenge for an assignment for, you, you know, your thesis, you know, in graduate school, but to to take it on even further and continue to make it a practice of your entire kind of research, you know, I think is, is, is really continuously inspiring me to look at joy um, in every aspect of my life. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so crazy because every time I see you, everyone, please check out Trayvon Pollard's work because it is, they're literally masterpieces. They're just not mm-hmm. like little pieces that you, they were, they're really masterful in the amount of work and dedication. And that's something I learned from you, like really being an artist because this joy work is really a practice, like you said. And I think so many of us, we only use practice. And a lot of times we think of it as an athletic sense. Um, sometimes we think of it as a practice for artists, but we don't re- really see it as a practice that we have every single day for ourselves. Mm. And I think that your work really situates itself in for everybody, whether you're an artist or not, that we all have to have some practice for our own souls. Mm. And so in going with that, I'm going to go through what we do here at the This Is Joy. And I ask the three questions that I ask everyone. And the first one is, what is joy? Mm, 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 mm. I, I, you know, honestly, I feel like it's one of those, you know, feelings or things that are is kind of undefinable. Um, it's just something that you know and feel inside of yourself. It's like, it's like those moments of like testimony when when you have gotten to a place where you can't really you know have no answers and so all you're left with is this kind of uh uh vibration <laughs> you know of 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 just your pure existence you know is really where i think it really lives you know um, I think on the on the lower ends, it's just these feelings of of just pure happiness, <laughs> you know, and excitement for and passion for what you're doing. And on the higher end, it is just a moment of God reminding you that you're important. You're important. Yeah. Oh, I love. That. I've never heard that answer before ever. And that's so interesting because, you know, the work we did, we, I did a, a practice with Trey with frequencies mm-hmm. and we were listening to different frequencies and sounds and what that feeling is and like that vibration and that vibratory movement that can come from the different frequencies that uh, we did in that practice. And it was so interesting because that totally matches the answer you just had, which mm-hmm. I I understand that practice that you gave in terms of like, what are you feeling when you hear these different frequencies, which we hear every single day and we just don't acknowledge it, but we don't really understand how it affects our body, how we, how it affects us internally, how it affects us physically. And so for you to connect it to the physical is so interesting because a lot of times we, we disassociate our bodies with our emotions and with our feelings. And so much of joy that I've come to find and understand from a lot of people is really something that they really can't describe it's hard for them it's difficult for them to describe 
Yeah, I mean, like, even just you talking about it, like, there was this thing that was going on in my body where I just felt like this heat rising up, you know, there was like this covering of sorts. And so it's like in those moments, you can't really describe what that is, you know, like that has no real words to it. You know, it's this thing that you only understand and it's real depth of of kind of, it's the moment when you really understand that you are a part of the universe, you know, mm, mm, because you're yes. connected, because you feel the vibration and everything coming in alignment in some way or another, even in the midst of the, the, the thing, <laughs> you know, if it's traumatic or it's trauma or it's tragedy or, you know, in the midst of the joy, it's still a, a kind of, you know, like I said before, really a connection to the universe in a lot of ways. And it really just kind of situates yourself into making you understand why you're here, <laughs> you know? Right, um, right. And that's only in the body. Like, you you know, like, yes, we can be here in the mind, but like, really, honestly, the only real part that really counts is the body, <laughs> you know, your actual, <laughs> you know, like, like, yes, you know, people die and we say they're here in spirit and all of that, you know, but the really, the reality of the situation is you want to commune with people, you want to connect to people, you know, and so... It's just kind of like, that's what's happening. It's like you're you're trying to connect and the way to connect is also to connect to the universe, you know? Mm -hmm. And I do think that's why there's such a disconnect when people talk about joy is because it really does just become talking. Like there really isn't like a, a, a real feeling that people allow themselves, like the vulnerability of them allowing themselves to feel, right? Like as we talk about joy can happen simultaneously with different emotions at the same time time and you know mm -hmm. that that can happen with death you know you watch someone that's grieved that's been that you know that's been sick for a really long time and they pass and there's a sense of like relief that's like oh they're not struggling anymore but then there's also that you know that pain that comes that it's like oh they're they're gone and so a lot of times I really think joy is that present moment all the time yeah, I mean, well, that's the universe. That is all things at all times, <laughs> you know, and nothing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like and, nothing. Yes, and nothing. And joy nothing, because joy can also be nothing, right? Like, yeah. like, ain't nothing bothering me right now. Like, surrendering is, to me, is joy. Like, I, I feel that, like, when we surrender to just, like, you know what? These bills might not be paid right now, but you know what? I'm going to surrender and some, it's going to happen some kind of way. And I'm going to just let it go because I'm going to still find my joy within knowing there's some stuff that's going to happen. And I think you hit it on the head. And it's like so many people ask about the connection with movement and dance because that's that's my background. But it's so much more than that. Like if mm -hmm. we all just taught ourselves to actually feel and have that connectivity to ourselves, to the physical, I, I do think that would help us as, as a whole, as a, as a society. Like we recently had the blizzard here in Buffalo, New York. And there was something, you know, everybody talked about, you know, we're the city of good neighbors here in Buffalo because everybody was coming out to help one another. But it was really the physical act of people helping each other to shovel out. Mm. So mm. it was the mm. actual like physical act of people going to give food. To, like there's something in the mm. physicality and the action of something. Because in my mind, I can pray for you all day. Like I'm praying that you got joy and I'm sending you all. But there's some times there where that physicality, the physical, mm. you don't have to say not a word. And that action presented all the joy that someone needed. And and you and you both could feel it simultaneously within that that energy connected, that universe brought us together to feel that connection. And mm. you know, you saying that just brought me back because it recently happened here in Buffalo. And just for everybody to come together and not know one another, but we physically, you know, there's a physical understanding that we are all struggling right now. And I thank you for giving me joy that I can walk out my house, quite literally walk out my house because mm -hmm. the snow is gone. You helped me get the snow off. You helped mm -hmm. me get the snow off physically. Yeah. I mean, like, what is movement? Movement is like not just physicality, but the, it is action, you know. And so, when we think about movement, not just in terms of dance, but we think about a a, a, a movement, a movement of protest, a movement of energy, and 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 this kind of like organism that is functioning and growing and moving and traveling, and you know. So there is something about the action of 
being in joy, <laughs> you know, through a kind of physicality of sorts, you know? And some people think that that's just about laughing and having fun and joking and everything like that. But no, I think it's also exists in these other moments of like pure mundane everydayness, <laughs> you know, or or just nothing, you know, where like when we were in the pandemic where everybody was just sitting around, like there is something about that moment for me that was in joy, you mm, know, mm. of sitting and being able to, especially as a black person living in this, this world where so much of my world on the outside is always under attack, that, you know, being in uh, you know, locked up <laughs> in 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 your own home in the safety of your own kind of existence was so much more beneficial for my own development and my own health and self care than you know being out and about. <laughs> you know, right. so while everybody else was crying about being out and about, I was like, no, I'm good. You know, I ain't got to deal with no police. I ain't got to deal with no <laughs> you know no racist. I ain't got to deal with none of this. You know, right. I'm in my house chilling. You know, and so I think that, yeah, it's about movement, not just physically, but in terms of action, in terms of kind of, you know, directional force, you know. But do you think that comes from, you know, a lot of times I think the one space, you know, in doing this research and interviewing folks, people often talk about joy and play, community, resistance and self. And we'll get to that part um, at the end of this episode, but I do want to connect to the self really quickly because most people that I've interviewed rarely talk about joy coming from themselves. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about is, is, is joy in self. Like you mm-hmm. found joy in the internal, which I think a lot of people really are searching for. It's like you get a multi-billion dollar industry, like self-help industry with all these books. Everybody's in search of something that we have quite literally in our bodies every single day all day long like we're with ourselves 24 7 we're not turning ourselves off but yet it's the one thing that people struggle with the most in finding joy within the self Mm. Mm. yeah yeah i mean you know in some ways i i find it really you know it it seems like normal because you know we can't see ourselves we're not outside Mm -hmm. of our bodies you know and so it's like you can't really you only know your experience on the inside (laughs) you know um and then in other ways i feel like it's it's the the main problem why there is all the other kind of violence in the world you know, mm-hmm. like once you're really comfortable with who you are and 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 once you are in joy, <laughs> you know, like that only just kind of pushes out to other people, you know. But if you're miserable and you're like, you know, you're going through it, then that also pushes out. And, you know, here's a prime example is like that I was like kind of going through it in this moment where I was at my job and like there's all these things that was happening where I was feeling undervalued. You know, and and I wasn't recognizing it as undervalued. I was recognizing it as, you know, these people are doing stuff to me, (laughs) you know, and and I kept getting real upset. And, you know, I kept it was like physically causing me a lot of stress. And I was seeing how it was affecting my the rest of my life. And and at one point I realized, like, what is this about? And I said, you feel undervalued. And so, and I was like, well, what is that about? Why are you feeling undervalued? And so then I had to really sit down and really think about all the reasons why I feel undervalued and this and that. And then so I was like, well, it's like, is that all really true? Or is that something you're putting on yourself? You know? Mm. And so, and I still don't have any of the answers to any of that, you know? But what I came up with was I'm wasting my time being upset at this moment right now, you know, there's so much more available to me in the world, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. there's so much more. And I keep telling my students run towards joy that I, you know, that I've, I've been inspired by you. And I keep telling my students run towards joy, but I wasn't doing that myself. Mm. And so I was like, I need to run towards joy and stop worrying about all this crazy and stop feeling like I'm undervalued. In order to be valued, you have to value yourself. 
Yes. And so when I was really looking at what I've done, who I am, what makes me happy and joyous and all of those things, I started getting full. I Mm. started feeling like, oh, yeah, you know, and it didn't change any of the feelings that I had about the situation. You know, what changed was I wasn't focusing on that, (laughs) you know, I was focusing on my joy. (laughs) That shift in perception. It's like, you know, when you get fixated on something that it, it, it really consumes you. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just one of those things where I think that again, you reminding me that a part of living is also recognizing those incredible moments that you've had of joy. You know, we all have had them Mm -hmm. and they all exist. And if you really sit down and think about them, most of us have had more joyous moments than tragedies. Oh, for I I totally agree. And it's funny because every time, you know, people ask me with this project of like, well, did you discover your own joy? And I'm always like, I'm still searching. Like, I still actively have to like force myself to, you know, it's like it's, it's not it hasn't become so much a part of me yet where I don't have to think about it. Right. You know, like you and that. And I think that's because it's really a discipline and a practice to be mindful of it. Now I I am more mindful of it since doing the project. Like I can, I can pull myself together. I can gather myself a lot quicker than I used to. But for me, it's still very much me trying to figure out what is that practice for myself in the immediate yeah. Because it's for me, yeah. it's more of the present. I can I can see uh, something happening and I can maybe sit back and think about it. But in terms of like in the immediate of it happening, I'm like, OK, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I hear that. I mean, there are things that I think that, that that push you to that point. So, you know, like, I mean, life is what it is and you like experience things. And so like. It's a practice, you know, in order to develop, you have to go through a process, (laughs) you know, like it just, it's not like overnight or anything like that. And so what I've started realizing is, is that I'm never going to be finished with this practice of trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what joy is, (laughs) you know, and how it's in my life. I'm also never going to be finished with, you know, my practice of trying to understand movement and art and all, you know, like it's always going to be in my life, whether I'm still performing or not, it's going to always be a part of the way I see the world. Even when I, like the other day I was walking around in Times Square because I went to go see the show and it was so crowded because of New Year's and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is awful. (laughs) And I, but, but what I was doing is like, I was zipping through the crowd and I was like, this is from my dance practice. I know how to see the open spaces. I know how to go through. And so there is something about being in practice in your everyday life of all of these things that we're trying to work out that are trying to, you know, kind of help us better ourselves, you know? Absolutely. I uh, am going to go to the second question, which is, when did you discover joy? Mm. Did I discover joy? I mean, maybe this is a safe answer because I kind of already mentioned it, but I feel like I discovered it through you. Oh, wow. I discovered it through you. Like, yeah. Like, I did. Having me cry on here. (laughs) No, I mean, it's moving me too. It's moving my spirit. Like, I feel that, like, you know, that energy that comes through where you start to really see all the pieces coming together of why you met a person or why you were, you know, the persons in your life and stuff. And so I think because we were in this practice of working together through this, you know, through, and we were in that dialogue. The dialogue, and this is what I'm learning from a lot of these scholars that I've been teaching, like a lot of them hang out with each other, they're on panels together, they're all talking. And so it gets to the point where you never know who's coming up with what idea, because they're all in conversation. So it's not about ownership or, you know, or about rights or anything like that. It's about, no, you're inspiring me to think. 
And so I think in my trying to inspire you to think, you inspired me to think. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think in that, that's when I found joy because I was like, oh, is she talking about joy? And so every time I had to read and and, and give you feedback on your paper Mm -hmm. and the information, when I was like looking for answers for you, I had to be searching for those same answers for myself, you know? And so I think, yeah, like you taught me that the 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 struggle for justice does not have to be joyless. Yes, yes. And then you taught me that, which is so interesting because I've had to ask myself these questions, and that's my answer was you shifting my perception of this black woman rage. I'm a single mother now. I'm you know, I'm just struggling and battling through all these difficulties that against what I wanted to, against these social norms that they say Black women are supposed to be. And it completely shifted my whole perception of life. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I knew it happened for me was when I had my defense. Mm-hmm. Because you grilled me. Like, if, if folks that don't know haven't gone to graduate school, haven't had to do defenses, it's like, academia is like this weird, I don't even want to call it a cult, but that's the only word that can come to my mind right now that everybody has to go through this rigor. It's like when you watch people that are in congressional hearings and they're getting grilled, it's like the equivalent. And, you know, I remember like you would just keep grilling me, you know, on these, you know, these questions and you were like, no, you got to be ready to answer any question that anybody's going to give to you. And I don't care how theoretical it is, how artistic it is, like you have to be able to answer these questions. And so it really forced me to really have a practice for myself. Like I remember before my dissertation, I was like crying. I was in the room before I got on to do um, the defense and I was listening to my joy playlist and just started crying. Like I just, I literally just, I didn't go back to look at my paper. I didn't have any of that. And like you taught me that it just has to be present in that moment. And that was the moment that I was like, this is joy for me. Like when Mm. I need, when I need, when I know I'm about to go through something stressful, I know I need to just listen to this playlist that I have and just let go and just let God take me wherever I need to and just let the tears go and really be like, I knew that for me, I needed to be inspired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but also just the the knowledge of being able to know I need to take care of myself. How many times do we really just sit down and say, I need to take care of myself. So I yes. need to take a minute and I need to listen to this playlist so I can get myself together because I know right. I can do this. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, like, I know I'm ready, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm freaking out right now, but I'm ready. Like, let me just pull it together. Right. You know? And, and joy can be can be that too, like the hard work and the rest, yes. the rigor, the rigor and the, and the peace can, can, can work simultaneously. And you taught me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, you know, the, 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 the interrogation of things, you know, like I've always, my father has always really been that kind of a person that has always never took things at face value. And he's always like, no, you have to dig deeper and interrogate ideas and thoughts and, you know. And so for me, it's it's fun and interesting to, to try to think about what things are. Like right now, I'm trying to think about like what Blackness is, you know. And so, and as I kind of think about it, I start to go, wow, like, it's as, just as confusing as joy, <laughs> you know, right. Right. and so, and so a part of me is just like, oh, wow, these things are bigger than what we think they are. And so much of our conversations are so limited to what we can understand right now. And so I think we need to kind of, you know, be in other spaces, which is joy, mm-hmm. you know, like being in the space of joy makes you understand, you know, segregation and oppression and all of those other things in a completely different way, you know. Right, right. Because um, so. they can they can exist simultaneously. Yes, and often do, you know. Right, and have to, you know, because at yeah. some point it's like, look, we just can't be miserable all day. No. We like. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> at some point we got, you know, Saida Hartman talks about that. We talk about pleasure. At some point. We we gotta we gotta release. 
you know, at some point we, and I think that really is blackness. If you talk about the space, like I, you know, say joy is the space of infinite possibilities when we talk about black joy, particularly radical black joy, because at some, it's like, we have to, we have to release. Oh yeah. I mean, I think we do in our, in our, in our living, you know, like I think that is who we have been as, as a community of people. Like there is joy in every part of any kind of social class in blackness, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I think the other day, like I was watching some documentary on Nas, you know, the rapper Nas. And, and like, there was a moment, I think, you know, he was talking about, cause there's a line that I use in this text that I wrote, you know, at the, that I took from this documentary that, that was, uh, no life is to be lived here. And he was talking about it being on the on the building of the projects and stuff like that. And so he was talking about his experience of like him not un, him not knowing that they were living in a bad area, <laughs> you know, like, like him not knowing his real existence because he was so in joy, you know, like right, he was right. in his own joy, you know. And so there's something about like those two things living together, you know, in the same space together that I think is really interesting, you know? Yeah. That is beautiful. That is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. When did joy discover you, Trey? When did joy discover me? Hmm. I'm, I think I'm going to say that it's still trying to find there, but I feel like I'm closer to like now, like right now mm. in my life, like I have this past year was has just been and creatively it's just been a wonderful year i think i've been seeing a lot of amazing work by you know people of color you know like of all types you know um and that's exciting to me that you know there, there's new work that's being created that people can you know be a part of the canon and there's also you know works that are coming back and being played over and so all of that is is so makes it fills me you know mm. i am an artist artist you know and so for me being around art all the time is so much joy and so i think you know even though i feel like i feel i'm feeling the most joy now right now i feel like my entire life being able to to be an artist and do the thing that i am so passionate about and so in love with and so excited about every minute of that you know to live a life like that and make money <laughs> you know <laughs> and how you know like i mean that's good you know like cuz i know a lot of people like they have their job and then they have their like life <laughs> right know? right um, for me, I, you know, it, it's all kind of wrapped in one and sometimes that can be problematic, but at the same time right now, I feel like I've lived a life that has allowed me the opportunity to connect to joy on so many different levels, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so, and it's the most, it's the most heightened right now. And this, like, I feel it's, it's at a, at a heightened level because I'm more, aware of my own joy for myself you know like my own like I love myself and I I find joy in spending time with myself and doing the things that I'm doing and so I think because I'm happy with myself (laughs) that the joy is also happening in in a kind of you know opportunities and possibilities you know way to you know Oh, I love that. We're going to take a break and we will come back. This is Joy on the Live Podcast Network.
Okay, we are back to This is Joy with Travy and Pollard. Oh, we just, just got through that first half. Just, oof, that got me all the way together. I feel like I just had a whole praise and worship <laughs> service. The testifying of joy today. I think that was, that should be what our episode name is, Testify for Joy. Yes. Uh, so now we're going to go to our quick round of joy. And... Our four rooms of joy, which you know from my research is when inter- interviewing folks, most people speak about joy in four spaces, which is play, resistance as resilience, community, and self. So I'm going to go do a Zoom round with you, and you're going to answer the questions of where you find joy in these different rooms or these different spaces. So Trey, what gives you joy in play? Um, what gives me joy in play? I think in interrogating ideas, I am really excited about knowledge, information, and figuring things out. And and there's a play in that to me. You know, there's a play in kind of, you know, deciphering language and, and understanding things and people. Um, so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. What about what gives you joy? in resistance as resilience or what has given you joy? What has given me joy in resistance? Hmm. Oh, that's a hard one. It's always hmm. loaded, especially for like black folks. Cause we got, it's like we got trauma. Then we got like trauma, trauma on top of that. So this is always, hmm. you know, a, dif- a difficult one. I think the thing that's bringing me joy is that I think there are more and more, and this is me kind of looking at from the art perspective, there are more and more people of color that are telling their stories, you know, as a form of resistance, you know, Mm. as a firm of radical art and theater, you know, like I'm going to tell my truth. I'm going to say, and I don't know if they're intentionally trying to go out there and saying, oh, I'm trying to be radical and protest or anything like that. But at least I feel like the stories are honest and truthful. And so I'm appreciating that more now because you get a variety of diverse, you know, kind of perspectives. So, yeah, I think that's my answer. Excellent. What about joy and community? Joy and community. Ah, I mean, it's just it is it is the thing that I think I find the most uh, rewarding. Just you know, like gathering together with people like-minded or even sometimes not like-minded people, you know, I think that they help us develop and grow and, you know, but I have a great group of amazing friends and amazing people in my life that, that I can depend upon that uh, bring me so much joy, just, just watching their lives develop and grow and them encouraging me. And, you know, so I think that idea of like the community is family, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's joy to me. Yeah. To know that you have people that are going to support you. Yes. What about joy and self? Joy and self. I think the only way that we're going to survive is to find joy in ourselves. Yeah, that's the only way that you can get through anything. Because uh, ultimately, when it comes down to it, that's what you're really dealing with, you know? Like, all the external things are are there as, as kind of um, uh, adversaries, <laughs> you know? Like, they're there to kind of keep you on your toes, <laughs> you know? But the real, like, weight is like when you by yourself (laughs) joy joy with yourself you know are you happy when you wake up in the morning are you you know are you happy when you are alone on those days you know that are like during the holidays especially during the holidays I get real reflective during this time and sometimes I can get a little depressed during this time because I always feel alone a little bit but I've started to realize like oh no like I'm in joy with myself (laughs) you know like, and I still hang out with, you know, talk to people, friends and stuff like that. But it's the joy that I have with myself that I feel the most strengthened by. Yeah. Mm. So 
this one is always kind of a, a doozy and it's not to be, you know, kind of like dark, but I, so often with this project, you know, a lot of black folks, we don't have our joy documented mm. and we don't have how we want to be remembered documented. And so this project, although we are talking about joy, we're also, we're also leaving a legacy for how we want people to remember us because so often people write it for us and they can write it in problematic ways or write it in a way that's not for us or just not write it at all. And mm. so how would you like to be remembered? Oh, wow. Oh my gosh, this was a hard one. How would I like to be remembered? I think it, I think I've always, one of the things about being a kind of single person without children and stuff like that, that has always been kind of, you know, I've had struggles with. <laughs> um, and so for me, I think it has a lot to do with, okay, ask the question again. I think I need to. Yeah. How how do you want to be remembered? <sighs> mm, this one's a hard one. I've always wanted to contribute to the whole, the, the whole. You know, but I think we all contribute because we exist, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I wanted to have some kind of, you know, I felt like people that had children, at least like they had, you know, their legacy to kind of continue, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, people who were like in partnerships, like they had like a kind, they could go through it with someone, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I think for me, like, like I never felt like I had, I was leaving behind something that I felt like once people that didn't know me were gone, like I would be forgotten. And so I think there was, I, for such a long time, I wanted to leave something behind that would really contribute to the world in a big way. Um, but now I think what I want to leave behind is that I want people to know that I was interested in ideas. <laughs> mm. I was interested in ideas and thoughts. Yeah. I think that that's really the most important to me is that it was important to me to understand the world. Mm -hmm. You know, to understand and existence it. and share it with people in yes. so many different ways. Cause I did forget to yeah. tell you, he's also a poet and I totally forgot to say that along with being a scholar. So, you know, the ideas that you come up with, I think that's just what you said, at least from my perspective and knowing you, that's just like an inkling of what I think you would be remembered by because I, <laughs> I think mean, to take well, your, your, your inquiry and your, and your way of wanting to think, you also are able to like physically put it into a space that's also visual in mm. so many different capacities mm. and it's audible and there's a sensation to it. And so that's, you know, you always will have that part of mm. memory as well. Mm. Like, and when I think of you, you know, and it's like, if I think it's like, Oh, let me, what do I think of Trey? And it's the brilliance to bring not only your inquiries, to what you're thinking, right? Philosophically, you do that well, but what mm. you do just as well is to be able to put it out for the people to physically see and, and regurgitate it, and to take it in, regurgitate it in ways that a lot mm. of people can't can can't do just philosophically. You leave it in so many different sensations for people, like it touches people and it connects to the whole because it can connect to so many different people and not just in one lane. Mm. Ah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Like, I mean, I think that's the whole point, though. Like, my investigation is not just to present it to people. My investigation is because I want to know it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I want to know what it feels like. You know, like a lot of the text that I've been writing for this work that I've been doing, it has a lot of questions in it, you know. Uh, and one of the the biggest parts of the text was, uh, it says, uh, um, uh, I've been thinking a lot about existence, what it means to exist as of within through what it means to be a part of, but not all of a lyrical singularity, singularly classified and categorized as I won't finish the rest. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, it's 
I'm interested in what it means to exist, you know, mm-hmm. in all those different forms, you know, like I'm not like just making that or, or writing that because like, oh, I'm trying to impress somebody and do some great art. It's that, no, I really am interested in like what it means to exist because my existence in this world is very different than other people's existence in this world. Right. And it has know. to be. Yes. Yes. And, and so I think that those are, and I, I'm also kind of interested in where we kind of find common ground. I have to be really honest, like as much as I love distinctions and, and things being very clearly defined, uh, I am also really interested in those spaces where there is overlap, you know, mm. there's mm. connection, you know, that, that crosses boundaries of, of, you know, gender, race, you know, sexuality, you know, class and all of those things, you know. Which is just brilliant in itself. I mean, Trey's brain is like, I don't know, we should study it because it's <laughs> just brilliant, seeping out, like, all the time. You actually, you actually Trey talks like this all the time. Like, this is not just like, oh, oh we're doing a podcast interview. This is Trey literally like just off to just every day talking, going to the store. <laughs> yeah, no, the funny thing is, is like, this is the, what I'm saying. It's like once you start to, to look at yourself, you start seeing your, you start seeing your gifts, you mm. know, like, and we mm. all have them. We all have gifts. And when you tap in, that's what I try to tell my students all the time. Look for your gifts. Don't be looking at all that other stuff that's keeping you from connecting to what your real power is. Look for your gifts, you Mm. know, and then dig into those. Like, because what's the worst that can happen is that you can become really amazing at that thing that you do. (laughs) Like, that's the worst thing that can happen. (laughs) Right, right. And so I think on that level, like I, and that's something that it took me a long time to figure out, like the whole time, like my entire, you know, when you're in your twenties, that's all you do is look outside of yourself and look at other people, you know, but then when you get to a place where you're just kind of like, okay, I'm tired of looking at everybody else. Right. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm fine. I'm good. at Like, I, you know, there's some stuff over here that's good. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. I can, I can offer some stuff too. Right, I can offer right. some stuff too. You know, you need to be looking over here. <laughs> right, right. We are uh, gonna finish this episode, Trey, and I have two more questions um for you. And one is what is a practice that you can share that gives you joy, that can give uh, someone else joy? And I asked this question because recently we've seen a lot of suicides, mm-hmm. particularly with black men. And I think a lot of it, you know, we talked about the self, the joy in self. If you can't be with yourself, what are you gonna do? But a lot of times we really don't have a practice with ourselves to know what we want and what we don't want. We just Mm -hmm. see a barrier that seems like it's completely unbearable and Mm -hmm. we just don't want to exist. And your work in quite literally your practice in what does it mean to exist? A lot of people don't want to face the existence of life, Mm -hmm. which for some people, we all have struggles. But for some people, it seems like, damn, they just can't catch a break. Or you see some folks that live, live this life that everybody, you know, seems like they want and they're just completely miserable. So mm-hmm. what's a practice that you do that you could share that might be helpful to someone else in finding joy? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the main practice that I do is making. You know, like I'm a maker. I like Mm. to make things. I like to, you know, and there's all kinds of making. Like it doesn't have to be like, you know, uh, creative or anything. You know, like there are people that are great cooks, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. or they make the bed real well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think for me, making gives me a kind of one, it gives you something to do. And then you have a product in the end that you can sit back and you can kind of go, okay, that's done. You know, it feels Mm -hmm. complete, you know, of sorts. And so I think there's something about that in the making. But then when I think about, you know, I know that I've gotten to those times where you get really depressed and and, and those types of things don't really help you, you know. Mm. Um, What has helped me, and that's also a part of my making, is my writing. 
you know, mm. like I never, you know, I'm a math person. And so even during my father tells his story, you know, quickly about uh, me being in sixth grade and like I was in honors English and the teacher thought I should go down to standard English and, <laughs> you know, and after then I, you know, he would always say, oh, she, she thought you wasn't good enough, <laughs> you know? And so I always thought I wasn't good at English and words and things like that. But I started writing after I had ended a relationship. <laughs> and so it was out of tragedy and out of like sadness that I started writing. And it, it's interesting to be able to put down your words in a real honest way you know mm. even and it's only become a part of my practice as a performer you know most recently but in the beginning it was just for myself you know to write and so I always think that writing what you have to say down gets it out of yourself too like it's also yeah. a kind of you know pushing it out of yourself um, but like you finding other practices that allow yourselves to find joy you know um, I listen to gospel music all the time that's a part of my practice you know so there's mm -hmm. so many different things that I you know I shop <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's running towards the joy I think that's part of that's the the main practice is is, is searching for those joyous moments you know I love that running towards joy, running towards joy. So Trey, we are ending our episode right now. We could talk to Trey literally for hours. Like we just normally just talk for like, literally we could go for hours and just talk about life. Uh, but what is a song that gives you joy that you can share with our listeners? Oh my gosh, you know, I'm a music person. There's so many songs that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even pick one. Um, I mean, really, honestly, right now, I think it's been on replay and it's always it like any time that I put it in, it will immediately shift my train of thought is Hezekiah Walker's Grateful. Oh, yeah. Grateful. I mean, there was a moment that um, the Kurt Flankren and uh, what Leandria Johnson song mm -hmm. um, Deliver Me was in constant replay. <laughs> and it's always a moment that brings me joy. Um, yeah. Gospel music, I think, is, is, is the real, you know, there's something about the testimony that 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 reminds me of that there is something to to be had and hoped for and joyous yeah oh i love that thank you trey thank you Naila. wonderful everyone please check out trayvian <laughs> pollard you want to share your ig tag or your website, um, whatever you want to share. Yes, totally. IG is new eyes spelled N-U-E-Y-E-S. Um, child, that's all I really use. <laughs> <laughs> Catch me on Instagram. I'm so excited. I'm Naya Lansari, your host for This Is Joy on the Alive Podcast Network. And thank you again, Travian Pollard. Thank you. Woo!